Welcome to I Level Conversations, where we have conversations that anyone, regardless of age, can engage in. I'm Alicia Brown. And I'm Alex Floyd. And we're prevention specialists at Sumter Behavioral Health Services. Okay, today's topic, we're going to talk about um, coping with COVID during graduation season. So obviously, uh, COVID has changed a lot of things for us in the way um, we normally do traditional things like school and work and graduation and all the exciting milestones in our lives um, that has changed because of COVID-19. And we just kind of want to talk about how that's changed and some ways that we can um, get through it. Right. And some of the things, I guess, like kind of go off of that, like um, from other things we've heard from students is, you know, the one word I guess that could kind of describe what's been going on is just disappointing. Yeah. And so, um, you know, to go to school for that long, you know, and then not to be able to graduate with all your friends and, you know, to see your family come and watch you walk across the stage, that's a, a monument in your lifetime that you're just not going to be able to have. Yeah. And so the, to me, that's, you know, kind of detrimental to some of them. And, you know, we're just kind of here to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, and also wanted to say congratulations to the entire class of 2020 because that's a huge milestone regardless of how you're able to celebrate it. Um, It still is something that needs to be celebrated. So we didn't want to forget that part of everything. Um, And talking about graduation, just jumping back into it, um, how are they graduating? What are they doing? And so I know here with Sumter School District, they did a virtual graduation. Now, some people didn't necessarily agree with that, but they did that um, because of the restrictions with CDC and everything, and they wanted to make sure everybody was safe. But some people took it upon themselves to do other graduations. And so, um, you know, we had, like, even Sumter Cut Rate Drugstore, they had a, an, act, an actual stage in their parking lot where they could bring, you know, a, a limited amount of their family members, and they could watch them walk across a stage and oh, take wow. pictures you know, and have that time with them to watch them do that. But also a parent um, got together with a lot of people around in the Sumter community, and they did a graduation at the Civic Center. Now, it wasn't inside the building, but they still did it out. They did it outside. Oh, yeah. And it was within guidelines, and everybody had to wear a mask until they actually walked across the stage, and they had other people participate, you know, and actually hand them something. They were able to shake hands awesome. and get a picture. And so, so other people volunteered, like a photographer volunteered to take pictures with them, take pictures for them. Yeah. And then um, other people locally um, sent money in to donate to help them get things started. Like even country singer Lee Bryce, I think, donated a thousand dollars to the them, cause. To the gotcha. cause. And I think um, I think you told me that they had like over a hundred people signed up for that graduation. Right. So. And it was it was a bunch of them, and it was. I forgot how many. It was a lot. It was a good bit for Sumter High and um, kind of staggered with Lakewood and Crestwood, but they combined those because it was a smaller number, and they just did them different days. Okay. But um, I know for other school districts, they had um, a drive-in graduation where people yeah. had be there in their cars and watch them still graduate, and they were still within the guidelines. Yeah. And, and even the kindergarten, I saw some people having cute little kindergarten graduations where they drive really? through in their cars. Um, and the kindergartner gets out and says goodbye to their teacher because it was kind of devastating how they were in the school. It was a Friday afternoon, and then they never came back. So, I mean, as a young person, you would kind of imagine that being kind of traumatic <laughs> onto right. them. So it was good <laughs> they're able to see their teacher again, right. whether for a short period or they can't touch them and those kind of things. But yeah. I did see some cute kindergarten graduations good. going on, too. Good, good. But, um, yeah, and they, they've been doing that, and I, I'm pretty sure Thomas Sumter, 
had a drive-by thing where I, I don't know if they were outside in the parking lot, but they had a massive like parade-like thing for their seniors. Gotcha. And I don't know if that was necessarily for their athletes or for just the students in general, but I'm pretty sure it was just the 2020 graduates itself, and they were doing like a drive-by parade. For them. Okay. Thomas Sumter Academy. Academy. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, the parades have been um, a thing, which has been new. They, we've been having parades for almost everything, but graduation parades, even after the traditional ceremonies, people have been having graduation parades outside of their houses where the family members can come by if they weren't able to actually go to the graduation because I know there are restrictions on how many people can come and that kind of stuff. So I did see some seniors like outside of their homes in a tent or whatever, and their family members passed by and kind of honked their horns and decorations and gave gifts and those kind of things. So um, Zoom parties have been <laughs> a major hit over the COVID-19, even for work, for whatever situation. Zoom parties have been getting a lot of popularity. Um, so Zoom, the parades... Um, and even some people are still having some parties that even though they need to be social distance and stuff like that, um, we just, hopefully if you're having parties, we want you to be safe and right. follow guidelines for social distancing. That's right. And then going from graduation, their next step would be, you know, actually going to college. And so I actually called USC and Columbia and I asked them if they were given any tours because some people, you know, if they decide they want to go there, they kind of want to feel it out. They want to see mm-hmm. what the atmosphere is like. They want to see what the student body's like. You know, families and families want to see that too because they want to know where their child's going to college. Right. And I asked them, I said, are, are y'all doing any tours? And she said, no, we're not doing any tours right now, but we're doing virtual tours. So they can go online and still be able to see the campus without actually going on campus. Oh, that's cool. And so... But they also said, too, even though they're not giving the tours, that if you wanted to still come there and just walk on campus and get a feel for it, you could still do that with your family. Like a self-guided tour a with self-guided your family. self-guided tour. Gotcha. Because yep. that's something that I guess would be pretty important during this time to see what your college looks like. I know a lot, like this all happened at the top of March, so that would be the time for spring visits and spring tours to be happening. So um, it is kind of weird to go to a place you've never seen before yeah um so it puts the ease on parents too to kind of know like you said where they're going and what the place looks like how far it's from home what they need to bring because it's hard to decorate a room when you don't know what it looks like um and also those going straight out into the job force it's going to look a little bit different this time um but i think there's going to be a lot of grace for this generation Um, We don't expect you guys to just hop out there and have it all together because this is a weird time to be entering adulthood. Um, So while we give you grace as the world, then you should also give yourself a little bit of grace and not be so hard on yourself about what you didn't accomplish or what you weren't able to do. Um, So either way, you're going to do a great job because this is a perfect time to pivot and learn how to deal with a stressful situation. So, yeah, yeah, good stuff. And. Talking about stressful situations with all that, um, I guess we had one of the questions I asked a couple of students and um, teachers, and, um, you know, what what was, let's see, I asked him, I said, um, what has been the hardest struggle for a student during this time? And so I had, you know, students answer, and I had uh, teachers answer also, but uh, one of the students said that, the hardest thing they're going to through right now is just um, honestly staying motivated. And they said also that they didn't realize how much teachers helped out until they didn't have the teacher yeah. to help them anymore. 
And so I guess I've never really thought about that or even at like myself when I was a student, like you don't think about that until that, you know, You're thing right. is taken from you. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and some people, you know, they take teachers for granted. And I think some students really realize just how important the teachers really are. And also parents. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> parents have realized how important teachers right. are. Um, and how much respect they deserve if they hadn't been getting it already. It's hard homeschooling. It um, but yeah, you're right. You don't miss it. Well, how's it go? You don't miss a good thing until it's gone. Yes, yeah, right. So I think that's what she was feeling yeah. in that in that moment. And then a lot of times you just need your teacher to explain something to you right. in order for you to get it. You can go through that home and you do it however you want to do it. But sometimes the way a teacher explains something to you can make the world of a difference in understanding. Right. And the teachers I talked to, one was high school. And he said, you know, his biggest struggle was actually just getting the students to do their work that's online. And so, um, you know, they, they were, he was trying to just make sure they turn in stuff because even though they weren't in school, they were still having to do projects. Or, yeah. You know, turn in certain essays and stuff, but they weren't doing it. And so he was saying that was the biggest struggle was trying to get them to do their work. Yeah. And but, that's hard because yeah. you're going through like this major transition where home is school and home is home. And also home is where my parents work. You know, home is a lot of things and it can be distracting depending on what kind of environment they're in. Um, internet access might be an issue for some people. Um, so there are a lot of barriers that come to online learning, but also knowing the importance of education, right. <laughs> you should kind of go on there and make sure your child's doing what they're supposed to be doing and have the motivation to go on there and actually finish. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now, you know, some kids, they might be able to hide that for a while while they're in school, you know, but now that they're stuck home, it's like, hey, what's your grade? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so they're like more on top of them. So hopefully they're actually like letting them, or making them actually do their work when they're not, you know, doing it. But. Yeah, I know I heard in the news that schools aren't really um, going to be too hard on students this time because they realize that homeschool is a different beast than being in the regular school and parents and all the things, all the factors that go into homeschool. Um, but they are realizing that it's going to be on the teachers next year to get those students caught up and to make sure that they're, they've learned all they need to learn, which is going to be probably a task. Yeah, and even um, I got got in touch with a college professor at USC Sumter. Okay. And he was saying, you know, two things that were really hard for him was one emotional. And he said, you know, he missed the energy that him and his students share when they're together. And he misses that face to face interaction because, you know, he teaches, you know, environmental sciences and stuff. So he is always outside, always doing stuff with the students. And that's kind of hard to do that when, you know, if it's online. Right. And so that's what he said. His second thing was hard with, was logistically uh, with communication because it's compromised. Like, you know, you're supposed to be teaching something that's hands-on, mm -hmm. but you can't do it. But, you know, it can be done. And that's what he said. He, you know, he's learned to deal with it. And, you know, he's learned that he can actually do this now. Right. And so if he has to do it some other time, you know, then he knows what to do. But he prefers, you know, being face-to-face because -face it just, it brings a different type of energy mm -hmm. to you, especially when you love being with your students like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, this is all a learning experience for us, teaching us how to pivot, how to uh, rise above whatever we're going through and kind of push through. Um, and also, I think it's important that we touch on the fact that this is um, a cha challenging and disappointing time for all of us. But 
um, don't forget that you can grieve and you can feel sad. Cause I know that a lot of people feel guilty for feeling things that aren't necessarily as important to other people. Um, like COVID has called, has had so many fatalities and it's awful. You know, the numbers keep going up and all those things. And you, sometimes you feel like, who am I to be sad about not being able to graduate or not being able to go to prom or, you know, those kind of things. But I also feel like if that is what your life is right now, which is school for students and work for everybody else, then you're allowed and you should give yourself grace enough to be sad about things that didn't happen for you. Um, 2020 has knocked us all off our rockers. We're kind of just flying by the seat of our pants right now and figuring out what works best for us. Cause we were at home yeah. for a couple weeks um, from the office. So that was diff- different. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have to figure out how to adjust and how to stay positive through all of it. Because even with myself, like, I love being out in that community. And yeah. I can't do that right now. And that's killing my motivation right, right now. Because I'm, you know, I'm very hands-on and I'm very social. Like, I like to talk to people. Right. And I can't do that right now. And so I feel like I'm, you know, I'm almost bound or my hands are tied behind yeah. my back because I can't go out and do stuff in the community. Yeah. But... Um, so if, for those of you listening who don't know what we do, we are prevention specialists. Um, we basically go out and do a lot of community outreach where we're talking to other people. Um, we're talking to students specifically and parents, um, to talk about the risk associated with certain drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol, um, and all the things related. We do curriculum based, um, instruction. We pretty much everything we do involves other people so not being able to do that has been difficult and having trying to find ways to reach people has also been difficult we've been using social media um a lot of people have been doing a lot of that lately um but it's still it's still different not being able to talk to people and um i don't know what that's going to look like for us in the future with all the new guidelines for schools and and who's able to come and stuff but hopefully uh, we'll get back out there soon (laughs) and we'll be able to do what we need to do yeah because we do a lot of research and like research is very important for what we do, but you know, to do that every single day, like you need to have that balance of research and being out in the community. Mm-hmm. We have to share what we learn right. with somebody. So, like, I'm ready to tell somebody about <laughs> all this stuff, but I can't, I can't do it yet. So. Yeah. Um, going back to how we were talking about students are celebrating their graduations and their milestones um, during this time with parties and, uh, parades and, and whatever you're having. Um, right now in Sumter, well, South Carolina, um, the restrictions are being lifted. So stores are open a little bit later. Um, they're at half capacity or whatever the restrictions are, but we're dining in restaurants and things are looking a little bit more normal than they were <laughs> in the past two months. But um, as a prevention specialist, we want, also wanted to remind you guys that um, to be safe while you're out there, um, celebrating your graduations and milestones and those kind of things. I know there's going to be parties because people haven't been together in so long and every chance that we get, we want to uh, socialize and be with the people that we love. But while we're out there during this COVID-19, I read a report that said um, alcohol sales were up 55%. Um, um, Liquor stores around here were deemed necessary or essential. Um, during all of the lockdowns, so along with the hospitals, the only thing you could go to was probably the hospital grocery store and the liquor store. Yeah. So people's options weren't, you know, there weren't too many options to do anything else. But we also want you guys to keep in mind that alcohol is still illegal for people over the, under the age of 21. Um, and 
just kind of want you guys to have those conversation with your young people as they're transitioning to the college age and they're going to be um, introduced to alcohol at a larger rate than they are now. Um, so as they're being introduced to some of these things, I want you parents to have a conversation with your child, whatever that looks like to you. Um, it's age appropriate. Um, however you communicate, however they understand you best to have conversation about some of the risks that are associated with uh, using drugs and alcohol and also being in risky um, situations. So I think when you open the dialogue and have conversations that aren't um, consequential. <laughs> so whenever they've done something, that's the only time that you guys have a sit down conversation. But I think taking the preventative measure to have conversations about um, risky situations and what to do when you're in those situations would be helpful during this time as they transition into adulthood. Um, you kind of get, just get thrown out there for the most part. And you figure it out, especially like on college campuses and stuff. There's really no parent there for you. You have to figure it out and just be smart um, in doing so. Um, so, I was going to say, just piggyback on that, I would say, like, when you when you go to talk to your, you know, teenager about drinking, uh, you know, that mad presentation that I watched the other day, they were saying, like... Mothers Against Drink, drop, drink right. Driving. And so they were saying, you know, the authoritarian style of teaching that, you know, or giving off that information, like, that was probably the worst way you could, you know, convey that information to them. They said, you know, if you were... Just saying, like, you're going to do this because this is the right way to do it. Or, you know, you're not going to do this because I said so. Right. You know, that's where kids are going to be more so to rebel. Right. Because even personally, when my mom told me not to do something as a child, I'm like, okay, I'll show her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then you end up learning the consequences right. or the, the lesson from that on your own. Yeah. But, you know, it's so, just because yeah. they told you not to. And so I'm, I would just say, you know, make sure you know how to convey that information without, you know, directly just forcing it upon them. Yeah. And those, um, one-on-one -on -one conversations, open and honest. And I, and I think sharing your own mistakes sometimes yeah. makes yeah. it the conversation easier. Sometimes we don't see our parents as people. We see them as parents who've never had a child, a teenage life or, you know, they were never young. They're always parents to us. Um, but sharing some of those experiences about, um, uh, lessons that you've learned and things that you've done, uh, while you were in college and high school and those kind of things could be helpful to for them to see you um, as more than just a parent to open the um, dialogue with them. Um, also, when talking to your young person, we in prevention, we use the education method over the scare tactics. You can't scare kids into doing something. Um, you can't say if you do this then this is going to happen. This bad, horrible thing is going to happen to your life because they're not going to believe you. Um, they go to school every day with all of these young people and nothing's ever happened to them after they um, engage in risky behavior. So educating them on why they shouldn't do things is also important. I know we're a lot of us come from a generation where you don't ask why. Um, it's because I said so. Yeah. Um, but telling them the why and educating them to make the smart decisions on their own is also a very helpful way to give them information and also modeling how you view drugs and alcohol. Um, if they see you engaging in risky, risky behaviors, then they're going to think it's okay because it's normal, but that's because that's what my parents do. So um, keeping your alcohol limits to a responsible level would be a good way of modeling. Um, finding out what your family's relationship is with alcohol. Also, if they ever find themselves in a situation where they can't get out of I want them to feel comfortable coming to somebody, whether it's you, a mentor, a teacher, um, somebody that's an adult that can help them in that situation. So if they 
are at a party or somewhere and somebody's intoxicated, you don't want them to walk away from that situation. You want them to be able to call somebody and get help for their neighbor um, because you'd want that to happen for your child. So just thinking about those uh, conversations that are realistic because we all know that yeah. uh, things happen. Yeah. yeah. And we want them to be prepared as prepared as possible when they're dealing with these situations, when you're not around. And then piggyback on that, what she just said, you know, I had a situation where some of my friends had called me one night and basically got stranded because um, some friends of theirs had wanted to go, you know, to a, a mutual friend's house or whatever. What turns out, you know, they left. They said they don't want to be gone for a certain amount of time. They left and went way further out than what they expected. Mm-hmm. They got stranded there because the other people got drunk and they didn't have anywhere to go. And so they called me. And I left late at night to go pick up my friends. But, like, you know, knowing what could happen in mm-hmm. situations like that, that's why I left to go and do that. Because, you know, who knows what could have really happened if, you know, my friends would have ended up staying there with all these drunk people. Yeah. You know? And I'm glad they felt comfortable enough to call somebody. And right. calling a friend is perfectly fine, but also engaging an adult in what you have going on. Right. Um, there's this thing called this Good Samaritan Law that exists that basically means if you're in a situation and let's just say your buddy is intoxicated and you can't get them to do comply and do what you need them to do to keep them safe, then you can call um, an ambulance or somebody to come, a professional to come and, you know, help them out and help you out. But that doesn't get you in trouble, right. you know, so you're exempt from whatever, the you know, you can't get in trouble for calling to get somebody help. So I think that's important to know because a lot of times um, when we're in those situations, you get scared. Yeah. So, and then as a result of you not doing something, then people get, you know, in danger. So I think it's important that you guys look up the Good Samaritan Law and see how it protects you from getting in trouble if you're just trying to find some help for somebody. Um, so ultimately, if it doesn't feel right, then it's probably not right. Um, you guys are old enough and your parents have instilled in you what is right and what is wrong. And we are going to trust that you, um, trust your instinct when you're in those types of situations. And hopefully you won't be, but having those open dialogue conversations and being able to ask your parent questions when you have, um, issues like that arise, then that will be perfectly helpful. Um, COVID-19 has been a stressful situation for a lot of us, not just seniors, but adults are stressed. And um, in order to deal with those stressors and maybe a little bit of depression because you can't do what you are what you plan to do. And that's a lot of times we're just grieving what we lost. And we didn't even know it was right. 2020. We had all these plans <laughs> and it was going to be so great for us. You were supposed to get married, you know, yeah. have a huge wedding this season. And just things didn't go how they planned. So I think some of the ways to cope with that is to... Um, obviously seek professional help if you can, if you can't, um, find an adult or a mentor or somebody that you can kind of talk to, just get that stuff out. You have to talk it out sometimes. Um, and also on the day to day, find activities that make you happy. That gives you a a place to where you don't have to think about it anymore. Um, working out, working out, walk. Yeah. Walking. Yeah. Biking. I picked up a bike for like the first time in over probably 10 years. <laughs> I, I rode a bike and I was like, I don't even know if I can still ride a bike, but I was able to ride a bike. I guess that's true that you don't forget how to ride yeah. a bike. Um, also, if you're a painter, just, yeah. you know, get back into some of the things that brought you joy yeah. before just this find happened. a new hobby. Yeah. Something to do. Yeah. But I think one of my things that I like doing is just venting. And so like one day I went over to my brother-in-law's house and it was 
him, myself, and one of our other friends, and we were all just going through a time, mm-hmm. you know, and I was able to bend about my thing, and they vented about their thing. Yeah. We were, it was a bro time. But yeah. It was just, you know, we, that's all it was, was venting and just coming together and laughing about other things. Yeah. And it's good that you have people that you can go to and, and laugh and right. just kind of get it out and also move on from it um, and not wallowing in something that you really can't control. We can't control a lot of things that happen to us, but we can control how we respond to them. So seeking help and doing things that bring you joy. There's a lot of things going on in the world right now. Um, so I'm sure you, if you're an empath, you're feeling the, the weight of the world. Um, and like myself, I've just been emotional. Everything has just been, you know, everything that's going on. I feel like I feel the emotions of the entire world. Um, but I have been, like I said, I've been riding the bike and, you know, just doing things that, I like to do right. instead of sitting around and wallowing in my own mess. Um, so those are our tips for us. Again, congratulations to the class of 2020. Yep. Congratulations to the people who made it out of self quarantine. There you go. Um, you did a thing too. Um, but also some of the resources that we have, um, you can go to SAMHSA, the substance abuse and mental health association website. They have tips about pretty much everything that you could think about. Um, parents, if you're wondering how to have that con- those conversations, those tough conversations with your child, um, they also have conversation starters over there. Um, and also NIDA has just tons of teen conversations about anything. Lost it. Okay. Um, they have tons of resources. And also you can always contact us for um, counseling services. Our treatment department is back open. Um, you can contact us at 803-775-5080 and also visit our website, www.sumterbhs.org and follow our Facebook page, that's Sumter Behavioral Health Services. So until next time.